Are you ready for some dope, thought-provoking content as Letitia unpacks and breaks down some of today's hottest, intriguing, and most salacious topics in and out of the headlines while she teaches you how to transform and take your life to the next level to live your best life authentically and out loud she's fine and her virtual couch is oh so comfortable y'all now let's get enlightened empowered and inspired with our west coast beauty Letitia on Letitia's virtual couch now have a seat get cozy and let's listen in This man just hit me in my face with a brick, and all these black men just watch, and they don't give a fuck. Yeah, this man, this man hit me, fucking grabbed a rock, and it hit me in my fucking face, because I would have given him my number. And all y'all just fucking watch. Y'all see that shit? Y'all see that shit? What y'all want to do? I want y'all to be a man. I want y'all to be a man and fucking do something. Y'all gonna let a man hit me in my face. Yeah, fuck all y'all niggas. Letitia's virtual couch. information provided on this platform is for informational purposes only. If you ever find yourself becoming triggered, please refrain from listening. If you ever feel like you want to hurt yourself or hurt someone else, please dial 911 or report to your nearest emergency room. Thank you. And welcome again to Letitia's Virtual Couch. Now, many of you may have already viewed the very viral video of the hashtag Brit Girl. And I know there are so many different views on what happened and so many different opinions. I will let you know that I'm going to be smack dab kind of in the middle. And the reason is because maybe because I am a therapist, I have to look at things from all sides, but I'm that person anyway in real life. If you know me, I've always known me, I've always been kind of in the middle. Um, I will tell you up front, I am not a feminist, but I do believe in women's rights and all things women, but I also believe in all things men too, because you guys we have to be able to coexist. And we're not gonna be able to coexist if we are constantly having gender wars. And that's probably why I have a lot of men friends, because I do, because I do see things from their lenses too. So women, if it's gonna be a trigger for you, please don't listen because I do see it from both sides. Now, three of the topics that I will be unpacking today is community, um, or I'm sorry, community, <laughs> responsibility, and accountability. And I'll unpack that a little further to, you know, to let you know what I'm talking about there. Um, I do have a podcast that I did previously on Black femicide. So I'm not saying that that isn't a real thing because it is a real thing. Women, if you got to protect yourselves out there by bearing arms, um, of course, legally, <laughs> Maybe you have to do that, but there are some things that we can do, women, that can um, make us a little bit more safer out here, okay? 
And uh, yeah, so I just want to unpack some of these things because I'm going to be honest with you. Some of the things that old girl was doing is a little problematic for me. And this is no way, form or fashion condoning violence um, and abuse upon anyone because I would never do that. I am here, though, to bring a little logic and rationale to this topic because I do believe in there is a such thing as um, safe behaviors. Safe behaviors um, basically meaning are there things that both genders, but here I'm talking about women, are there things that we can do to create a safer environment for us? Absolutely. This is not to say that these things are right because guess what again there is no way <laughs> and no reason why a man should be throwing a brick at a woman or um, or a man i'm just going to be honest with you keep your hands to yourself okay um however there have been videos that have been uncovered where this particular individual has been known to go up to men and slap them and antagonize them is that okay absolutely not Especially in an environment, and men, you may not like this, an environment where I think women, the environments are just becoming more unsafe for women. And you may disagree, fellas, but I do believe part of it is because of the whole manosphere uh, talk, rhetoric that's going out right now with the Kevin Samuels and the whole red pill movement. Do I think I have that has a lot to do with it? Absolutely, I do. You may disagree, but I'm going to give you a little pushback on that. I think what has happened, we are in a society where men seem to think, and I do agree with them in, in some points, that they haven't had a voice. And the voices that they've had have kind of been toxic. Now... Have Kevin Samuels and his counterparts like Tommy Sotomayor, have they pointed out some um, some things that are actual, actually factual? Absolutely. But a clock, a broken clock can be um, can be right <laughs> twice a day. Right. Sometimes I think the rhetoric can be a little bit toxic and a little bit dangerous. But have they spewed some truths? Absolutely, I do. So I just want to unpack all of that today in today's episode. So get comfortable on my virtual couch and uh, I'll be back with more. Stay tuned. It's been 12 hours. I'm in the hospital. I'm getting discharged. I do have a concussion, so I got to take it slow for the week. Unfortunately, I don't have the kind of job that's going to give me that kind of grace. So, you know, I still got a mother. I still got to teach. I still got to work. <laughs> I really just want the best for everybody. And I don't know why people want to kill me. I can't even chew food for the next week. <sighs> I had a vacation that I planned six months ago for my birthday. I'm so afraid, like, I'm so afraid, like, why do people want to hurt me so bad? <laughs> I really love my community, and just to know that, like, people hate me to this level, to this kind of level of violence. It's been 12 hours, I'm in the hospital, I'm getting discharged. Okay, get back into your comfortable spot and get cozy to hear some more of our girl Letitia's dope jams. Now, let's listen in. Anybody in my life to deserve this. I never did anything in my life to hurt anybody. 
literally a man asked me for my number. I said no, and he he picked up a brick in front of so many men and was like, "What are you gonna do?" And I told all these men like, "Yo, why this man got a brick on my face?" And he's he's holding a brick, and all these niggas is watching, and nobody does nothing. And he hits me in my face, and they all just watch, and they let that nigga get in the car. How is this okay? This is what y'all doing to women? I don't even care about my face because I'm still gonna be prettier than all of y'all niggas because I have a pretty heart. But my heart is broken, y'all. My heart is broken because I will stand up for any of y'all. I stand up for everybody. I stand up for everybody. And nobody ever stands up for me. And my heart is broken. What have I ever done to anybody in my life to deserve this? So again, you guys, I'm going to be waking some things up today and I may ruffle a few feathers from the men and the women, to be honest with you. Now, I have a question and I think I posed this question before. Do men really, and this is not all of you, of course, do men really desire women outside of the bed? Or do you just want to have access? Because I'm so sorry, but when I'm looking on the social media threads and in discussions with not the men in my personal circle, because they are protective. I love you guys. I, I'm getting a lot of pushback about should women be protected? And I'm getting a lot of feedback regarding the brick girl deserving it. Now, I'm not saying that she is right in the things that she's done online, okay? And some of those things I've heard later were skits and they wasn't really who she is, but I don't know. My thing is, say for instance, if she did do these things, does that mean she deserved to be hit upside the head with a brick? I even heard things, you guys, where some men were saying that it wasn't real. <laughs> that the the contusion on her face or whatever um it would have more i mean just justifying the fact that this individual was hurt now i will give a rhetorical question and of course it's rhetorical because you can't answer me right now but of course you can hit me up at virtualcouchpodcast one at gmail.com what would you have done if you were in that situation would you stand idly by and watch a woman that you didn't know I'll say that because I'll add that caveat that you didn't know, would you protect her? Now, again, I will add an extra caveat. Me, myself, no, I'm not married, but I will want my husband to come home. And so would I want my husband to intervene um, directly? I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. Would I want him to do something? Absolutely. Even if it's just calling the police. And that's another thing because... We live in a society where we have this toxic masculinity and this bro code and the hood culture of no snitching. So I've heard a lot of men say that they wouldn't do anything at all. And I think that is very toxic and problematic because how are we, are go how are we going to scream community this, community that, and on a very micro level, you can't protect <laughs> people that's in proximity to you. Now, I can um, uncover um, in um, this onion in so many ways, right? Because there's many layers to this onion, right? Because I think it starts in the home. I think it does because we can scream red pill and I'll get into that a little later. All we want. But I know the men in my family, we were raised to be protective, right? All of us. Now, what they do on their you know, in there with their friends. I don't know what they do. I'm gonna be honest with you. So I can't really even say that so much. I just know what I can, what I do. And I'm protecting of men and women. I've always been a person where I never liked bullies. I never 
like people to down people. Now, if you are a person that I see that's being destructive in some way, then you're going to get smoked from me. <laughs> Anybody knows me personally know that I'm not with the, yeah, I'm not with it, with the, the foolishness, but I'm with the business though, right? So again, no woman should, should be abused, period. So I don't understand where there's a lot of men who want to be leaders so badly, but in th- in times where leadership really counts, we can't count on you, bros. Like, what's up with that? And ladies, I'll speak to you. It's all about survival. When I'm out and a man is asking for my number, which it happens all the time, um, I'm not giving attitude. And that's just how I am too, because I talk to everybody. So it must be, I'm a people person by nature anyway. So I'm always striking up conversations with people <laughs> literally all the time. And that could put me in danger. I don't know, but I'm always giving a smile and I'm never saying, oh, you look at you and anything like that. Um, I'm always, you know, usually I'm not going to lie. So I hope people don't listen to this. I'm, I'm saying that I'm married or something so they can leave me alone. And then, you know, you get the whole, well, can we be friends? (laughs) Can you have friends? And so then I'll go in to say, well, if I was married to you, if I was with you, would you want the type of me to have the type of friends that you want to be with me? And they'll just laugh and they'll walk on like, you know what? You have a point. So I always give a little humor (laughs) with it too, but I'm never nasty. I'm I'm never nasty because, and not because I'm scared or anything, just because I'm just not a nasty person. I'm I'm just not going to do that anyway. Um, And it could be why I have a lot of, like I said before in the intro, I do have a lot of men friends. I always just, um, I've always had like a male best friend throughout I think even throughout my life, because I thought about it with my cousin and we talked about this recently, why um, I may be um, like that with men is because it was me and my boy cousin for a long time. So I'm used to being around um, a male figure, (laughs) if you will. So even from childhood, you know, he was he was the first uh, grandchild and I was the second. So it was me and him for a while. So I always had an older cousin, which was a boy. And I think that's where it started. (laughs) I really do. And uh, he's more like a brother than a cousin. So, um, yeah. But women, it's all about survival. The the name of the game is getting home, right? Um, If you have a Google number, even if it's your real number, block them later. Whatever the case, just get home, okay? That's the name of the game. And that's for you too, bros. Like, I don't want you just being Captain Save-A-Hole for everybody, right? You have a family, you have kids, and even if you don't have those, I want you to get home safely too. So I want you to know this is not an episode where I'm bashing you because I'm not, but I do have to wake some stuff up, okay? Now, let's face it. Many people just aren't well today, okay? and are not thinking rationally with all of the current happenings in the world with the resurgence even of COVID because it's coming back, y'all. We, and I'm not going to say we, society, a lot of people in society are just reeling from the past lockdown, financial issues, um, the inability to meet their basic needs with all of this inflation, relational issues, etc. Many people are just struggling to find resolve within themselves and just know how to cope. So they're lashing out on people. As a mental health therapist, I'm seeing it all the time and I'm seeing in, um, an increase of just mental health issues. And um, are those things, are these mental health issues that probably was already there? Absolutely, because if you know anything about mental illness, and I don't like to call it illness, mental health issues or mental wellness issues, they sometimes things are just um, lurking below the surface until something happens, right? Something triggers that thing and now it's manifesting where we all can see it, right? So the ramifications of all of these social ills that I just alluded to um, are apparent in our suicide rates, violence towards one another, whether it's racially motivated, inflicted upon children, by the parents, I've been seeing that a lot, children on children, (laughs) and school shootings, and women. 
And uh, yeah, the red pill movement, I'm sorry, slash black pill movement because the red pill movement wasn't started by black men, even though some people are thinking that. You know, we had the Kevin Samuels and the Tommy Sotomayors and all of those, but it wasn't started by black men. So we have a black pill movement, if you will. And I'm not going to lie, I think it does have a lot to do with we what we're seeing with black femicide. Again, go to my past episodes because I do talk about black femicides and what that is. But let's give a definition of what the red pill movement is in case you don't know, because I can't assume, because when I speak about this with other people, some don't know what it is. So the red pill movement is a term that comes from the 1999 film, The Matrix. And it has become a framework for individuals to describe their awakening to some previously hidden supposed reality. The major contemporary secular male supremacist movements, PUA, uh, men's right activists, the pill, the red pill and men going their way, their own way, I'm sorry. And that acronym is MGTOW, all use this terminology to describe the realization that men do not hold systematic power or privilege. See where I'm going at, right? Instead, they're awakened to the truth that socially, economically, and sexually men are at their whims of men, of women, feminists, power, and desires. As in the film, to the be, <laughs> to be blue-pilled is to accept the mainstream narrative and choose to live in ignorance of the truths of the world. So basically, the real pillars are the woke men. <laughs> Red pillars see themselves as intellectually superior to blue-pilled um, normies. They call them normies, right? The red pill terminology grew in male supremacist forms and was adopted more broadly by far right and white supremacist groups to describe their own versions of awakenings, conspiracies, worldviews that often overlapped with male supremacist positions such as anti-feminism. Okay, again, I'm not a feminist in the in the way that society portray feminism because feminist really meaning they are for women's rights and of course I'm for women's rights but I'm not to the far extreme where I'm anti-male absolutely not because why would I be I love men (laughs) I told you I have more male friends so of course I'm never going to be that and I'm never going to be in a um, um, with the mind frame the mind set that I don't need men come on now I think that is ludicrous of course I need men. And um, I'm a very assertive man and I feel, I mean, I'm a woman. <laughs> men. I'm a very assertive woman. And uh, I will play the dim so in distress in a minute. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Being assertive doesn't mean that we can't be soft. And um, I think sometimes how we betray ourselves in society, again, this is not victim blaming, but it's about safety, right? Um, I'm never with the notion that I don't need a man. Even though I'm in a grocery store, I'm going to be honest with you. If I can read something, <laughs> I am acting the nearest tall man. And, and not even only that, but it could be because how I portray myself when I'm out, men just automatically want to help me. If I drop something, I'm always getting males to, uh, to come to my rescue to try to pick it up. <laughs> And all of that stuff. And I remember when I was younger, because, I, you know, I am independent, you know, I, I would always like, oh, no, no, I don't need you to do that. Honey, let me tell you what I do now. And I've been doing this for a while. A man wants to do anything for me. <laughs> I welcome it, whether it's opening my door. I don't care. So women, please, I know you can do it. And I know sometimes it is because you don't feel safe. So you don't want to, oh no, I, I can do it myself. And like I said, you know, you can't be like this with every man. So use your judgment. But sometimes it's just like giving a soft word or a smile. If they ask you for your number, which that's what men do. You know, I, I had this discussion with someone. And I'm like, well, what do you want? Do you want a man to 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 be attracted to you and ask you out and show interest or, or don't you? Because then you'll be complaining about men don't ever want to talk to you. So what is it? 
Of course, I told you I was going to have equal smoke, ladies. I am. Now, are you to be in harm's way and to be disrespected? Call out of your name? Absolutely not. But I will say this. My method may work because I can count on my hand that I've been called out of my name in public by a male. Because, matter of fact, I will say this. I've never, and this is no cap, I've never been called out of my name because I didn't give a guy my number. Ever. Have I seen it happen? Absolutely. But I, it's never been done to me. Um, I'm always, like I say, giving a smile. And this is not to say, oh, well, why should I have to give a smile? I get it, ladies. I totally get it. And I'm not saying that you're wrong in that. Because you should be able to do whatever you want to do. I'm saying the name of the game is to make it home. <laughs> That's the name of the game. The name of the game is survival. Okay? And I don't want you to be a victim. That's all I'm saying. But you have every right. And should you navigate this world and move in this world like you want? Abso-freaking-lutely. Okay? So after the break, I just want to take a short breather so this can marinate. I want to talk a little bit more about the red pill and what it is and all that good stuff. Okay? So come back <laughs> for a little bit more of this red pill talk and just, yeah. <laughs> I know it's a lot, so stay tuned. Hey, this is your girl, Letitia, coming to you from the virtual couch. I want to take a little bit of your time today to discuss how to find the right therapist. Now, like with anything, your hairstylist, your gardener, your medical doctor, it may take a few tries before you find the right fit. Finding the right therapist is no different. So stay the course and don't give up. Also, I want to empower you to ask questions. Do not feel like you're being intrusive by asking questions because guess what? This is the person that's gonna lead you and guide you towards your healing. And this is a very important partnership. So I will say this even as a therapist myself, if a therapist becomes offended by any questions that you may have, just like with any other individual that I discussed before, like your doctor, your gardener, whoever, someone you know working on your home, if they become offended, you're probably not gonna hire them, right? Exactly. Your therapist is no different. So don't feel offended. Don't be offended by the degrees and the licenses and yes, all those hard things we worked for, but we're here for you. And so it is your right to ask every question you need to ask to make sure it is the right fit for you. And again, it may take a few tries. And again, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that therapist is a bad person either. It just means that, you know what, they may not be the right person to guide you on your journey. Um, so I want to leave you with a, free, a few resources. Uh, psychologytoday.com is a resource where you can view various therapists and you can even input your area by your zip code, your city and your state to find the therapist nearest you. You can also go to therapyforblackgirls.com and therapyforblackmen.org. Please seek these resources out. They are awesome. There are some wonderful, very experienced therapists on these sites, some of which are my beautiful colleagues, and I know the hard work that they do, and they are waiting to hear from you. Okay, so I'm not going to take any more of your time because I know you can't rush to, can't wait to get to that computer, right? And search out that therapist. So I'm not going to say anything further. If you want to tell me about your experience, I would love to hear about it. Please email me at virtualcouchpodcast1 at gmail.com and happy hunting. Take care. I was one of the guys who was there that did not help her when she was getting hit with the brick, right? I feel like people need to know the whole story before they start commenting and say things they don't understand or they don't know. You guys don't even remember who you guys are trying to defend, who you guys are trying to speak up for. This is the same woman that was going around smacking white people in the streets. She's not innocent. She was actually taunting the guy to hit her. Why would I go defend somebody that's actually looking for trouble?
This woman, she is literally a troublemaker. Everybody that knows her in our community knows she's a troublemaker. I'm not going to risk my life over somebody that's actually out there looking for trouble. If you go on social media, online, you're going to see some of her antic videos, taunting people, looking for a reaction. Well, she got what she been looking for, and you guys are giving her the attention that she was actually seeking for. So welcome back. Beginning around 2016, misogynist incel. Now, if you don't know what incels are, <laughs> it consists of a community of young men who consider themselves incapable um, of attracting women sexually, typically associated with views that are hostile towards women and men who are sexually active. Okay, so they don't only discriminate and um, spew their anger at women direct their anger at women but also men that they deem um are great catches and that can pull women so they're mad at them too right so self-identified incels have used the internet to find um anonymous support so there's a whole team of these individuals and sometimes and i don't want to um, I don't want to discriminate against uh, what we quote unquote nerds because that could be anything because I feel like I'm a nerd. I'm going to be honest with you, but I'm a hip one. <laughs> but sometimes if you want to, if I want to provide you with a visual, it would be probably the nerdy guy, kind of awkward socially, who can't really get a date, probably never had one. And, you know, believe it or not, they are adults who men and women. But let's talk about the incels for a minute. Because women can fall in this category as well. But there, um, there are some men who've never had a day before. And so sometimes they become very, very angry and can become very violent. Okay. So these forms begin to shift from a red pill to a increasing black pill mentality. This belief system accepts the red pill view of society dominated by women, but rejects individual level attempts such as learning gain to achieve a sexual relationship with women as misguided, asserting that only change at a societal level has the possibility to be effective. Black pill adherents believe that looks are genetically determined and that women choose sexual partners based on solely, based solely on physical features, which we call lookism. So whether or not a person will be an incel um, is, well, they say is predetermined, right? Because they said they a person is genetically predispositioned to be that way, or I guess look that way, because it's solely based on looks. And I'm not going to lie. Like I told you, I try to be balanced. I can kind of see, and you may be, you may be what I'm, I'm talking about, so I don't want to discriminate, but I can also empathize can you imagine living in a in a world where you feel like no one finds you attractive at all and I think sometimes if we've never experienced that we can say oh you know we can like just kind of minimize it and so I don't want to minimize that but just imagine how demoralizing and how um just depressing that could actually be, right? And that's not to make fun of people because guess what? But I, I am also an avid believer that there's somebody for everybody. And I will say this, and I could be wrong, but uh, I don't think so. I think sometimes people shoot for people who are just not for them. I think that's the problem, period, right? I think people need to be with who finds them attractive. That's just what it is, okay? You're going to have some people who, what we call, hit the the gene pool lottery, right? Where you can go out and several people find you attractive or whatever. And, you know, that's, that's some of our realities. But it doesn't make us better than anybody either. Because just because someone wants to talk to you doesn't mean that they have, they have good intentions. <laughs> it really doesn't, right? So that's why you have a lot of people who date a lot of people who are very shallow and very broken, 
because they've given themselves to so many people. So that doesn't phase me at all that um, a lot of people would find me attractive or if you fi- if, if um, someone would find you attractive, it's the person who treats you good, right? <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. So that's what I think that's very important. The people that can see the gem that is hidden inside of you, right? And that can treat that well and cultivate that within you, okay? So let me go on. Misogynist incels um, attempt to prove the truth of the black pill through misreadings of scientific studies, online, online dating data sets, and their own experiments to prove that women only care about a men's physical look. And again, sometimes when they're reading these stats and these um, these journal articles and all that, um, they become increasingly anger and incensed. And sometimes... They can hold this internally, but sometimes it can manifest into being harmful, okay, and attacking women, which is not good. Although some incels still seek out plastic surgery, work out what they call gym maxing, or try to otherwise improve their physical features, many believe such strategies are pointless as inceldom is a problem with society, not the individual. So again, they... Really, sometimes they will internalize it, but mostly they um, look to the external for their problems. And they, like I said, they spew their, um, they shift their anger towards um, others, (laughs) specifically women in this case. Black-pilled incels are aware of appearance and sociability slash game strategies and reject them as solutions. The black pill philosophy typically offers only two options for what to do with their new accepted reality, accept their faith as an incel or try to change society to their benefit, usually advocated as potentially achievable by means of mass violence or terror, not politics or other methods of change. And that's problematic. Copes are locked down on as methods of coping and without changing the unjust systems, including deny the reality of the black pill. And I wanted to correct something too. I was thinking at first that the black pill movement um, has something to do with um, like the Kevin Samuels and that sector of the the um, African-American or black um, social media personalities, but it doesn't. So I'm thinking that black pill has something to do more, with more of a dark, <laughs> the dark side of it, right? And I, if, if you ask me, I think it's all dark, to be honest with you, to spew your hate upon um, individual, just, you know, based on how you look. And I think that's very shallow too, um, for I think society as a whole. So I get it, you know, but that's just, what, that's just how it is. We're not going to be for everybody, right? And there's going to be some, again, like I alluded to before, that are just going to have more um, people that are going to look and some that are not. And that's just the fact of life. I think what it is, you just have to find your person. Just because someone's looking doesn't mean that they're good for you and your soul, okay? Okay. So let's talk about Black Femicide because I do have an episode about Black Femicide and I would love for you to go to that and because I focus solely on Black Femicide and what it actually is. So again, Black Femicide is a silent public health crisis that has yet to be uncovered in the midst of current social movements. Every day in 2020, at least four Black women and girls were murdered, according to The Guardian, which makes this issue an urgent matter to raise awareness. Yes, it's very, it's a problem. So again, what is Black Femicide? Black Femicide is a term coined by Rosa Page, an Arkansas-based nurse and the founder of Black Femicide US, US, which is a movement to bring awareness to the disproportionate, disproportionate number of murders of Black women and girls. So femicide is basically the murder of women. Black femicide is the murder of Black women and girls, okay? So according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, 1,821 women and girls were murdered in 2020 in the U.S. And I'm just wondering um, within that number how much of it had to do with the pandemic because, you know, the pandemic 
um, was in 2020 and we saw a rise in the killing of black women, right? So a lot of people really going through a lot and um, people that had mental health issues that were known, of course, you know, I'm pretty sure those manifested and there were some that we probably didn't know they were under the radar, but because of the pandemic, <laughs> the pandemic and pandemic, right? Um, they became more pronounced and apparent, okay? Black femicide affects Black women and girls across all age groups, from children attending schools to senior citizens. Wow. Fire on violence has driven the homicide rates even further with three quarters of homicides victims dying of gunshot wounds. This is startling, right? Now, I know I've spoke about this before. The strong black girl trope is a stereotype black girls face at a very young age, right? And it is a race gender trope that describes um, expectations for women, for black women, such as strength and resilience, assuming different roles and always caring for others, even at an expense of one's own life. And the reason why I wanted to bring up this trope is because a lot of the times um, you don't have a lot of sympathy for black women when we are missing, when um, we are murdered. It seemed like. Um, and I've been in conversations literally with men and even women, to be honest with you. Well, what does she do? Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, seriously, what does she do? And there's a whole bunch of victim blaming, especially when it comes to women. Now, I'm not saying that this doesn't happen across the board with women in general, because I have seen it happen. But especially to black women, it's always well, especially if a black woman had a past of being, quote unquote, aggressive or assertive then she is um, she is being um, blamed for putting herself, quote unquote, in that situation. And I'm not going to lie, the whole Carly Russell thing, it didn't do us justice at all. It just really didn't do us justice at all. And that's why a lot of women were angry. A lot of black women were angry because for the first time we've seen um, media coverage, you know, a missing black girl, being highly publicized and then it turned out to be a hoax a hoax and <laughs> i just can't even go on um it really angered me it really did because i think it just and i hate to say this that it set us back because it shouldn't each case should be looked at differently right that happened with her so another black girl woman goes missing you should still look at that as a brand new case i don't care what another person have done okay the negative trope has polluted the minds of medical professionals into even believing that black women do not feel pain at the same level of intensity of our counterparts. And I want to insert a video so you can see just what I'm talking about here. So listen on. as white people. A 2016 study showed that 50% of medical students and residents who were studied thought that black people couldn't feel pain the same way because they had thicker skin or their nerves didn't work the same way. Where is this from? It's a holdover from the days of slavery when white people had to feel better about using slaves. Black people used to be operated on without anesthesia and were used in studies without their consent. So this was a convenient life. To this day, black people are less likely to get the same treatment in terms of pain medication, they're more likely to wait longer in the emergency room. They're less likely to be taken seriously. It's a holdover from the days of slavery. And in my field, this plays a huge role in the black maternal and morbidity crisis. The call to action, doctors, nurses, anybody in the medical field, check your implicit bias. If you see somebody spreading these lies, stop them, but still stop yourself every time you're caring for somebody who has a different skin color than you and check your bias. If you are a woman of color, speak up. If this is happening to you, ask to speak to a different nurse, a different doctor, report them, speak up. Let's finish um, discussing the trope of strong black woman or even that black girl magic thing, right? Now, it has enhanced some people's self-esteem because, of course, it um, promotes being powerful, right? 
but it has a negative side to it as well. <laughs> it really does because like I said before, it can make us seem as if we're just subhuman and we don't feel pain like other people. So it does have its negative side and it has impacted women and black women and black girls. Um, and it was published. This was actually discussed in psychology of women quarterly. Now, there is less empathy towards black females, victims of domestic violence and police violence as a result. Because of this bias, black female victims are less likely to report their abusers to law enforcement and social services. They face victim blaming, shaming, or even accusations that they are, they have perpetuated, as I stated before, the abusive situations. Now, this is not to absolve some individuals from responsibility and their accountability because I have seen some situations where it's like, okay, why are you antagonizing that situation? However, I must admit again and just stress that no woman deserve, and men for that matter, but in this case, we're talking about women, deserve to be abused. Keep your hands to yourself, okay? Um, there are specific cultural norms within Black communities that hinder Black women and girls from seeking help. And I know we've all heard those, especially that what goes on in the house stays in the house, right? Referring to whatever issues that's going on in the family, you shouldn't be speaking about it outside of the house. And it has some protective factors to it. Of course, you don't want to be spilling the beans of all the family stuff, right? However, it can also be toxic <laughs> and um, it can prevent people from reporting abuse when they actually need to be reporting abuse, okay? Other barriers for seeking help include lack of awareness, of current resources, of course that happens in urban communities, lack of professional and community resources or support, and intimate partner violence related stigma or shame within black women and black girls, um, for black women and black girls due to the biases that I um, aforementioned against them. Now, the symptoms of violence, and I won't go into a lot of this because I have spoken about this before, but um, I just want to stress this part. There isn't a poster child for DV because you may think because a woman may seem strong on the exterior that, oh my God, she's not abused. And that is very toxic and, and, it's, and it's not true, right? Anyone can be abused. And the reason why I state that is because that's why many men who have been abused, they don't want to come forward because law enforcement even laugh at them. I've heard some horror stories been in my field that even um, men don't come forward. So more men are abused. They really are. And I don't want to stick to that right now because I don't want to take the attention away from women because then it can actually highlight like, oh, see, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> they can be aggressive. Everybody can be aggressive. Women, men, children, the like. So I'm like, again, I'm very balanced. And I do agree that you shouldn't be putting your hands on anybody. Okay. So some of the symptoms, because I want to go over a little bit of them, because you may be a friend or family member of someone who may be a victim of abuse. So you may see them more withdrawn, isolating from you more, being more secretive, fearful, anxious, depressed, irritable, and even suicidal to say the least, okay? And um, we oftentimes can go back and, and I will say this, sometimes these individuals can go back to their quote unquote abusers. And don't get frustrated because there is a whole cycle of violence that I won't go into, but it's very hard to detach from someone that you, and I'll say this, someone that you still love, right? It's a whole psychological thing that goes on. Um, it has been said that um, abuse, um, emotional abuse, especially narcissistic abuse, can feel like you were addicted to heroin, okay? Hard to kick. So be patient. Of course, have talks with somebody that you are familiar with because they're more apt to take your advice and don't be afraid that um, that they don't take it the first time, but make sure you're being non-judgmental. Of course, when you are speaking to a person that you think that could be abused. Now, in terms of violence in the community, 
don't just be a bystander. You know, groupthink is a real thing. And what I mean by groupthink um, and bystander bias, you may think that, oh, I'm here with the, all these people. Somebody is going to report it. But what if everyone thinks that way? then no one's reporting anything, right? And groupthink is a real thing. So I want you to think as an individual, okay? Because you being that one person that is, you know, that's reporting abuse or something that's nefarious going on around you could save a life. And how would you feel? Because I like to post this, especially to men, because I understand and I will stress it again. And women too, don't intervene if you think your safety is at risk because nowadays people are not <laughs> are not well. And so even if you are physically strong, you know what I say? Bullets don't have a name. They can come back and retaliate and I understand that. And I want all of you to make it back home to your families. Even if you live by yourself, I want you to make it back home, even to you, okay? Um, again, it is dangerous to intervene today especially when they're total strangers and you don't know what's going on, I say, look, allow law enforcement to make the money that we're paying them from our taxes, okay? And call them men. This is for you. Try to hold other men accountable that are that's in your circle. Because of course, it's hard to intervene if you're not familiar with an individual. But you may see some things within your own family and friend circles that you need to speak up on, okay? These things don't happen in a silo. They happen amongst us. And so if you are with people who you can't hold accountable, then they don't need to be in your friend circle. I'm held accountable for my friends and vice versa, okay? And so, of course, be with people who that you are can trust their word, of course. And that's it. Um, it takes a community of loving one another. Uh, when you see vile behavior again, say something called the authorities and uh, yeah, that toxic bro code, we need to exterminate and abolish that today. The bro code, um, it just needs to go. We need a community of men and women because it takes all of us. It takes a village, not just to raise a child, but it takes a village to love and protect each other. Okay. So with that said, I am at the end of this episode. I had to chime in on the brick girl. Um, and, you know, I hope she's healing well. There's been other things that I won't get into um, involving um, her not being part of. Well, I'm not even going to get into that because it's not even necessary at this point. It's toxic. So I'm just saying love on each other and protect each other. And yes, I want you to make it home safe because I do, too. So with that said, take care until next time. Wasn't that show fire? I hope you enjoyed your time on the virtual couch with our girl Letitia on Letitia's virtual couch. You did that, Letitia. Letitia's virtual couch.